Hello and welcome to the Tongue in Cheek Podcast. I'm Ilana. I'm Dina. And today we have the beautiful, wonderful host of What Else is Going On Today, Faison. Did I say your name right? I always wonder, is it Taria? Like the way I'm saying it, or is it Taria? How do I say it? The way you said it, because I love that. <laughs> okay, well then traffic. And we are here to chat all things Bravo, of course. And hopefully we'll also get into a lot of Mary to Medicine, which I feel like we don't spend enough time talking about anyway. But hello, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We've been trying to do this for a while. I know. And things just happen. But I think it's just life. So it's nice when it's other podcasters because you understand when things come up versus sometimes you have on guests that may not. So they just feel like, well, what could, didn't you have it scheduled? And it's like, well, things happen and life happens. So I'm so thankful uh, for you guys having me on. You forgot to introduce me as the third Solomon sister because the first time I came on, oh, I my believe that's what. My apologies. Oh, my you failed. You know, I was trying to, you know, say everything beautifully and I forgot the most important detail about you. And I wish everyone could see because you are like so beautiful and it is such a compliment to, uh, to us to include you in our sister. And I cannot tell you how much I am distracted by your beauty and your nails. I'm like dead. I I literally need to go out and have beautiful, like, neon chartreuse nails now. I know. They will, it'll, match, it, it'll match your skin. I've seen this color on white people, black people, you know, um, fairer skinned, uh, darker skinned. It's called lemon juice. Oh, wait. I love the name. I'm right Lemon there juice. It's, it's, it's the gel. So ask for lemon juice. It's number 424, I believe. <laughs> oh, my God, that you know that. I, I started you. getting this the summer before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit and everything closed, this was the last color I had. And then, of course, all last year, we didn't get it. And can I tell you, when I started going back, I start not all last, towards the, whenever things started opening up, I went back. I can't get away from this color. I keep, she it's keeps gorgeous. saying, get another one. And I'm like, this color makes me happy. So if I get it all summer, I get it all summer. So thank you. Oh, I just love it. Well, is it OPI? Just to no. Know. Uh, what, what's the other one? DNC. It's that one. DNC. DNC. Yep. Four two four. But but put lemon juice for sure. But I'm not. I think the number is four two four. But it's lemon juice. Okay, I don't know if you can see, but I've written. No, you can't see. I've written exactly what you said. Okay. Lemon juice four two four DNC. And then it says DND, and then I wrote, did I write the Democratic National Party? I was thinking that when you said <laughs> But I know it's in that range. And like CMD or something. They aren't yeah, going to yeah. go there, so if I say the right thing, they're not going to be like... It's going to look really good on, on you guys, your skin. And then, too, when you have your Nikki Rocks jewelry on. And for I'm your, so excited. I tried so to get neon because um, I was at this um, party a few weeks ago, well, Bas Mitzvah a few weeks ago, and uh, the little girl had on bright orange neon, um, um, sorry, nails. So I wanted that. I went everywhere, and the only thing they could give me was like a lot, like a green, but that was like. It just looked like like you know that lime yeah. on Nickelodeon. It was lime instead of lemon. And I yes. did not care for it, so I rejected it. But <laughs> this is now so exciting. I'm telling you, I well, and I we know, have wait, gone outside. Oh, I was going to say Kate Chastain. 
one time she came on, she had this color on and it looked good on her. And like I said, I've seen Stop other it. people with the same color. It looks good on every single skin tone, I promise. See, we have to say we're loving like everything you're doing with your podcast. Oh your my God, that interview, oh God. I was literally like talking into the void, like <laughs> answering things and being like, as if I was part of the conversation. I enjoy your guys' friendship and listening to you and you talk it feels like such a conversation i mean every time you do an interview or even just when you're podcasting in general it's such a great listen but i especially like the yeah. rapport between <laughs> you and Kay. and i like that it has this sort of like you feel like your history is so long and layered and, no you know, and it's like, not guys <laughs> it's not but that's the best friendship. No, but you feel like, you know those people where someone, you're like, oh, I've only known them three years. And they're like, oh, I thought you grew up with them. Yes, you know, yes, because yes. they have that rapport. And that's what I feel when... Thank you. Too, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, and, and you know, I love your podcast too. And I've always wanted a sister. So, you know, I like but when I see two. two. Yes. Three if and you I, count our older sister. <laughs> yeah, so really, you're part of the four Solomon. It's four of us. The four Solomon sisters. But like how you guys can feed off of each other and you know what the other person is saying or, you know, just little things like that. Like, I always feel like a sister seems like it's your first best friend. So no matter if you get into fights with them, they won't let anybody else. Like, I feel like if someone came after one of you, the other would tear their head off. Like, who do you think you're playing? Like, even if you weren't that type of person, but if they came after your sister, you're like, oh no, 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 no. It's on and popping. You don't come after my sister. And I just always felt, you know. No, I think it's true. I child, I, mean, I was known to make other children cry who were mean to Dina. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I could see Ilana being like, like I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Ilana has an amazing death look, so she would just really need to give somebody a certain look. She would like see them go into like tears. But then what happens with me is I'm more of like, I will like, you know, if this person and her become friends again or have any interactions, I will remember every detail. So I don't like forget and maybe I'll keep bringing it up and being like, why are you <laughs> trusting this person again? Or this and that. And I need to be, you know, better also. About but that's good though, because you always have her back regardless. So it's like, mm -hmm, I'm keeping my eye on them. Because you might see something she doesn't when you get back with the person who you've made up with. Sometimes you do forget like what they're capable of, but Dina- so I'm actually not, um, so I am really bad. It's actually something I probably should work on, but I'm probably <laughs> never going to. But um, it's like, I when I have a very like black and white with people in the sense of either we're friends or we're not friends. And okay. if you've done something that's made me question you, I'm very much like, bye. And so there's not a lot, like I'd make a horrible reality star because I will never be able to re let them be in my life. Like they're dead to me. They're not there. I, they no longer exist. Like may they rest in peace, but I <laughs> no longer acknowledge their existence. And I don't really tend to go back. I'm very yeah. forward moving. So it is good to have Dina in that way because if ever I even say anything slightly like, oh, but there were good times, I can still like recognize a good time. Right. And it's like, no, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs>
I love that. I, and, and then you're both fashionable. I, like, I'm looking at your rack, and I'm, like, trying, like, oh, <laughs> my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. I was literally just Are you kidding? Myself no, 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 no. I think that's the best because that shows you're not doing it for just, like, a showpiece. Like, you clearly wear these beautiful oh, items. Oh, yeah, no, she wears them all the time. Yes, and I no, love No, the one it. thing I always tell my husband when he – I mean, he's not one to really actually complain about my shopping, but if he ever does say like anything, I'm like, but there's nothing that I don't wear. Right. Like, I literally, every bag, every piece of jewelry, every dress, like it's all here. I show you like. <gasps> but when she I can just it wear it all, she's <laughs> it giving, she gives it to me. <laughs> yeah, I purge my closet um, like every like, three months. Every, yeah, every few months. That's, and that's I literally will have bags and bags and bags of stuff. And I just. Oh I give it. Gosh. I give my family like first dibs and, and then, like any. And, yeah, and then I, 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 I give it to charity. But it's so funny because usually there's not that much that ends up because. You know, like I'll go to my sisters and then ask my friends, and then the, even like the lady who cleans my house, she's like exactly my size. And anytime she's ever complimented anything, if I'm not wearing it a lot, I always give it to her anyway. You know, so I always wow. have her go through it even before Dina and, and my mom. I'm like, anything you or your daughter want, like here. So it's like by the time I, I end up giving to um, Oxfam or, or wherever, right. I'm like, here's this sad little bag. <laughs> well, Mercedes from Mercedes. From Shaz, one time, I'll never forget, she said, like, last season or the season before, I think it was this season before, someone complimented her on something, and she gave it to them, and she said, in her culture, you always have food for people when they come, no matter what, and if someone compliments, it's nothing, it's an item, so you give it to them, and I was like, yeah. wow. It, well, it's the same culture, so yeah. That's, that's what I thought. Now I was going to ask you. It's the same, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's okay. exactly the same. Like, even so, with uh, a nice leeway into Shaw's. How are you feeling about the season? Okay, so all the seasons before, I felt their authentic connection because they've all known each other for so long, right? This season, I feel like it was a, oh, we still want to check. So let's try to force our friendship to be healed naturally. Because I feel like it wasn't just, maybe Reza and MJ were the big fracture that splintered off other little fractures. Because I feel like they were all so close. And then all of a sudden it was like MJ and Reza and boom, all these other little fractures came. And I just feel like we're watching people who used to be friends and feel like they know the game to try to play for reality TV, but I'm not enjoying the game. And Mike is everything that some of the women have said he was in the past, but it's now coming out the way he's talking to Paulina. Now I do feel like Paulina wants to be on TV, which that's fine. She's allowed the one to be on TV. Right. But I also feel like him, like telling her, don't say a word, like almost like don't say it in front of the camera. Oh yeah, for sure. So really like, it doesn't seem authentic. But then I just listened to Mike on a podcast earlier this week and he said him and Reza were just out to dinner and he said, Reza's always gonna be my brother. And so then uh, the podcast host said, who is a snake in the group? And he said, Reza, but he's still always gonna be my brother and I just don't tell him certain things. Oh, I heard that. You heard I that, heard right? That. It I was heard always, that. Um, I uh, hashtag that. no filter. 
Pat- yes, podcast. yeah, it was that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. I was like, I definitely listened to that podcast because I had that same. Because um- how do you feel about, like you just said, if someone does something to you, you're done. Even if you said, well, I'm going to work on them not being like dead in my life, but I'm still not going to be close friends with them. That makes sense. How do you then hang out with them knowing you can't be your full self? So- 100% I just want to say everything you said I agree with I feel like there's like visceral hate between them that is not yes. like um, much friendship left and then they also have started doing these scenes with Vanderpump it kind of works so I don't know if it's like the same editors and that's why it's kind of they're doing it but like I don't know if you watched the most recent episode but with um, mm-hmm. Destiny and the cleaning the car bit and I literally oh, started what did you think? like this yeah. is so annoying and I and then like also they did something similar with that when the Halloween episodes where they were doing stuff and it feels yes. so fake and it feels so unnatural everything and those type of scenes I think just really highlight how forced everything feels. Yeah. Do you feel like Destiny? Because someone asked this question and I thought about it. Destiny, who loved living in high rises and apartments, she said it. She buys a house across the street from Reza because she needs more room for her wigs. I'm like, so you just couldn't have got like a three bedroom condo. Like it just didn't, it's like buying a house because you need more room for your wigs. And she may have just thrown that out there, but a house is a commitment versus. No, but remember, remember she was on the people's couch. Yes. And I just feel like, and I've always felt this way about her. But extremely this season, I think it's highlighted. I think she's playing the game. I don't believe any of her emotions. Like, not to say, like, when she was talking about the stalker thing, Adina knows. I had a, yeah, but I had someone who basically did that to me. It was one of the scariest experiences of my life. She, like, literally, like, single white femaled me. She, I literally came back one day to the shared space we had and she had bought clothes that looked exactly like everything I had and they still had the tag on it and she had like a knife in her hand and was screaming that I was trying to steal her identity I mean it was so frightening the things that happened during that time period so it was like triggering hearing her Mm -hmm. but like the way she was talking about it was so purposeful in order to like just kind of create a storyline. Oh, it didn't feel authentic. And even when so Reza was like, did you share? Do they yes. know this thing? Yes. Like reminding her Second to bring it up. up. And then on the beach, it felt forced. And like, I cannot stand Mike's behavior, but I personally think that Paulina, like, I think it was Gigi in the episode said it. Like, Paulina knew what she was getting into. So, like, instead of, you know, making up this drama, just... Ex- like say you've accepted this and don't try yes. to show face by doing that but in but like I saw Mike praying on the beach and everything I and then I saw Destiny come in it felt like Mike was genuine like he's repeating these mantras yes. from a therapist he's praying to God like it felt like Mike was trying to like not be in an angry space to try yeah. to like fix things and Destiny was putting on the people's couch show like she knows what everyone's gonna say yes. and she was giving them the show and that felt very fake. I, I agree and I feel like Mike is all of the things we said. I feel like he loves his friends. I feel like sometimes he doesn't control clearly in relationship. Like I feel like he he's layered and not all the layers are appealing of course but he is a layered person. And I do feel like genuinely his heart is for his friends. That scene, now when she was talking about the, um, 
what happened to her. When Rezis, they, because they talked about Mike and like, I do feel like she put her hands on Mike first. Now, under no circumstances do I feel like a man should hit a woman. I also feel like women shouldn't hit men either, period. Yeah, so I, I felt like that's why it got kind of escalated. But when Reza, they talked about Mike and the violent situation. And then Reza said, do they know? I thought she was going to tell a story of maybe domestic like abuse because the two didn't relate with the stalker and that I'm like, it's like Lisa Reynolds story with um yes yes but Dustin was the aggressor yeah at least from what I saw that's what I did too was even telling her I like also like it was so Reza being like so like that whole thing with what he did like Alana said but also when he kept telling her like let it go and she's like but he's like no. The, like let the thing go with Mike and he kept like saying it to her and saying mm-hmm. it to her and that like really kind of funny condescending but like yeah I was like yeah and it was like my advice to you stop it yeah like, I think <laughs> right, like he knew like it doesn't look that fight it I get like for if she was stopped I, I believe she was stalked but I also think like that whole scene was to make um like her reactions like a justification of yes it. so for us yeah like, okay so now it all comes together because yeah. I kind of think, which again, it might be, I don't know if, if this is right. But I feel like Destiny and Mike, when we first met, they had like a very big flirt. And so did I, I was going to say that. Like Destiny is more like butthurt that Mike isn't like in her Especially because Destiny and Paulina look so similar. It yeah. does sometimes make me think that she is sort of yeah. like... You know when Gigi or someone actually maybe it wasn't Gigi but someone was like that friendship isn't good for you yes like her and Paulina and I was thinking like they probably know that she had feelings for Mike yes. and this is very I, triggering like her hate for the way he treats Paulina is like something like twisted in this yes. whole thing with her but I also think like just from what we know about Destiny I more would have believed in terms of not that I don't believe that she didn't have a stalker and things like that, but I more would have believed what triggered her was related and do believe I should say to her like dad abandonment, having men who are not living up to the promise of what they should be. Mm-hmm. Then the story, it just felt like what we already know about her. She was the aggressor in my eyes on yes, Halloween I, in every believe, way. Yeah. She was taunting him, and then I felt like he was leaving. He was saying, "I'm waiting for my girl." That's not that yeah, weird. He even went right. inside. It wasn't like he was standing around like oh, I'm not gonna leave. Mm-hmm. So it felt like she came out him in my eyes. In which case, this was more about her trying to fight back to some void that yeah. she couldn't fight as a child, and that's what I would have connected much more with. And that's what I felt like Reza was telling her, like, this isn't going to work. This kind of twisted way you're trying to connect, it's not happening. Reza was producing, like, almost like, Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, are we watching where he is telling her, like, this is not, this This isn't going to work for you at all. Let it go. It doesn't play, right? No, it doesn't play well. MJ's husband is cracking me up. Like, this whole episode, I really enjoyed all, which I can't think of his name right now. Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Sorry. Oh my God, Tommy. When he was reading to the baby. (laughs) Yes. Even when when the baby falls over. Stripping. 
I loved like everything when Happy reacted to me. Oh my god, but that was funny. I was I was laughing because I was like, why is she asking you to strip like within all these really dark situations? Like, would you strip then? Would you strip then? Like, why don't you give him a happy Right, situation? right. I like when he was like, let me guess how a Persian slumber party is going to go. <laughs> oh my god, I laughed so hard. He's, he's, he's like, oh, he was the deal. You're right. Yeah. And she's like, don't you want to say hi to everyone? He's like, no, he's I, don't like, like no I don't like any of them. Ilana and I have an addiction. But it's something we've both come to accept. Accessories. Nikki Rooks is our go-to when accessorizing any outfit. Her unique designs are amazing standalone pieces or work gorgeously stacked together. You can shop Nikki Rocks by going to her website, NikkiRocks.com. N-I-C-K-I-R-O-X-X.com. Apply our discount code stylishlysolomon25 for 25% off. Stylishly Solomon 25. Solomon with all O's. S-O-L-O-M-O-N. We know you'll thank us later. Happy shopping. And what okay, so I had to remember because I'm married, you guys are married in relation. You guys know. Well you but you've been in serious relationships, right? So it's like you and that person against whomever, right? Me so at first my thought was, oh my gosh, Reza and MJ have been uh, friends for 30 plus years, Tommy's just going to have to understand they need to make up. And then I had to check myself and was like, no, that is her partner now. So you don't go against what your partner is saying. Like nobody's supposed to be more important than the person that you're with. So no, uh, he's just not going to have to understand. You know what I mean? And also I don't feel it's like, okay. I think because they're on a show they're making up. I don't believe. I do think that they yeah. still have a vibe and a connection. And they can kind of slip into their mm-hmm. um, natural kind of rapport very easily because it is such a long friendship. Right. But no matter what, off camera, I think her hurt is very much still there too. And Tommy's echoing or like a feeling he's getting from her that right. can't be on camera because, like you said, she's getting a check to be friends with him. That's and right. so I think his resistance is also more about protecting her. Because then even on the show, she can use that. Like, you can't force right. Tommy. And whenever Reza crying, like, all the, hey, you, huh? I just, something about him crying about Mike seeing shams and all of that. It was just like, okay, this is a lot. No. Gigi, when Gigi said something real quick about uh, Destiny and Paulina, I like when Gigi was very clear at the slumber party that, it wasn't just Mike being the aggressor when she was like, you said and did some things too. Like she was very much, what do you feel about Gigi and motherhood? I'm just curious. And not like that, but I just, I get this. Sometimes I wonder, and I'm just, I mean, we're honest here, but sometimes I feel like when the camera sees the baby is when Gigi's, I don't know. I just, and I could be totally wrong, but it just, I don't know. I have to say, I've been a little bit, and I think, I don't know if it's but I think Rashida. But, like, I've been over Gigi for about a few years now, and I feel like she produces herself in every scene. We don't really even get to know her anymore. Basically, she is a Kardashian. Everything is filmed in her apartment or at, like, specific sitting-down events. Yes, yes. She is not really adding anything. The only thing I can say is I do like that she's a ride or die when it comes yeah. to Mike. But having said that, like she and Mike have a lot of like, 
Remember I when he yeah. she used to like him? Yes. Yeah, so I heard that well, he slept with her and the sister. She, yeah, that's what I heard too. I believe that. But I also think that's why her and her sister have like yes. this weird fracture too. Because I think her sister slept with Mike like drunkenly and knew, knowing Gigi had like feelings. Yep. And I think that made her feel a certain kind of way. But I also think that's why Gigi now is like wrote to Paulina like, yep. don't, I don't want to F with you. Like, don't tell me this stuff. Like, why would you be so mad at Paulina for telling you this? I'm not, I would not want to hear just anything about a friend either. Yeah. But yeah. Just block the girl. Just like, say, you know, don't, don't message me about this. I'm out of it. And then that's it. Like the way she's talking about Paulina, you would think there was an argument I that happened. That, like something happened off camera where somehow Paulina was like, you and Mike got together. Like something yeah. where Gigi's anger is like every time she gets so riled up about these like nonsensical But Gigi things. gives yeah. me anxiety. Her, her level of simmering Anger, anger. is so <laughs> constant and it's no but you can feel it all the time i get yep. nervous when i see her yeah I, even when it was like her putting the diaper on the dog i was afraid for the dog because i was like don't piss her off she's like uh, yeah. on top of you right now she will bite into you and rip your head off like just <laughs> leave her be the only person i ever feel like is safe around her is her dad even her mom i'm like are you sure you yes. should be staying there alone and like what's going on in your marriage that you've moved out of your that's house what, that child that was my thought that was, i'm like that's okay for you to just move in which made me think like did Gigi tell her you need to move it like yeah but i think or maybe her maternal instincts told her like i think uh, i need to yeah. be there you know yeah. what i mean like i don't yes, I, I get I, it i don't yeah so i feel like that might be what that dynamic because she, she's looking for a house big enough for her mom too like is she never going home i i think at least until the child's 18. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's good that so, yeah i just had to say that but yeah i think we all have the same feelings about shaz overall yeah but i think speaking yeah. of children how are we feeling of scott and married to medicine and um and with everything <gasps> happening because I do feel like I am very upset. There's a lot of childish things happening. Like my yes, sister. I will say I didn't get. To, I, I like how you did that. I, I like how you did that. That was a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. I, like, can I just? Clap I was right gonna say that. Was, there's a lot of childish things. I was like, I feel like I didn't see the first part of the reunion. So you sorry, uh, forgive me for that. But you didn't I saw everything. Much. Okay. No, she With said Scott, it was a shocking ending, so we can't say the shocking ending. That's well, why you don't was that, much. Was that them saying talking about the separation of the divorce or something? So you already know. Yes. Yeah. So Scott made a post yesterday. I think I saw it. And oh, let me see if I can find it really quick to read it to you because I was like, hmm, that's different. I before while we're waiting for that to come up, I will say before this season. And I was like anti-Contessa. I was like, Scott is um, home with his kids while you're getting your education, which is great. But I felt like she always had an issue with the way he was supporting her. Like, yes, he cooked the kids dinner. So what? The clothes aren't folded. He's not giving you a hard time for being away. Right. That's what I thought. And then you start to see little things and you're like, wait a minute, am I suddenly loving Contessa? Like, or not, well, that might be too strong of a word. Am I suddenly seeing 
Contessa's side. And I'm okay, just pulled up. I gotta read. Um, okay, here it is. Oh, so it was three days ago, but okay. He, I'm sorry. He did the post before the reunion. Oh, okay. He said 100% facts. I have never had a female life coach that I met online. I was just speaking out of anger Two, my kids know that mommy is my only girlfriend. Awkward joke that went wrong on film and then breaks over. I'd rather take time to clear my head than respond to bull crap. Hmm. Well, at the reunion, can I, can we, we can say it? Is I don't, listen, I don't care about spoilers. I always like to know ahead of time. Okay, okay, great. So at the reunion, I like, like that. Always minutes, <laughs> I'm like jumping into the end, but like she basically has quad. She kind of alludes, Contessa basically makes it seem like all the other girls know. And it is clear none of the other girls know. And she's like, well, all the other girls know how I feel right now. And quad is like, yes, she just filed for separation. All the other girls look shocked. And then they show Scott in the back with all the men being like, wait, what? When did that happen? And that's how they end it. And I myself was like, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? But if oh you watch, you know, we're but if you watch the but you know, the package in the beginning, yes. so even if you don't watch the reunion, when you watch the package, there's like Andy's like, and the men are rushing to the stage. The stage. And, and Scott's yeah. like, did we? They were actually going through with the divorce. Like he asked her that and she just like his tears yes. looking in his eyes. So I think a little bit like um the the big reveal of the ending was kind of like, well, you showed us the pre-package. Like that, and that I've was seen that. Yeah, I've seen it on like mm -hmm. if go to the account married to medicine source on Instagram and it shows you a lot of stuff. So go, it's married to medicine source and um, follow that account. It shows you a lot of stuff. I and that's where I saw Dr. Scott. Because on that same one is where I saw, do you remember the scene where Carrie was talking to Toya about what she overheard? Um, yes. So I love Toya's outfit. I was distracted and had to rewatch it. <laughs> so <laughs> Carrie had posted that picture and was like, like a picture of her and talking about that scene. And Dr. Contessa wrote, commented, but then deleted, you're an effing snake. Oh. And to me, I started, go like, I'm for Contessa, clearly, but I started wondering. I always felt like their marriage issues were, like, produced for TV. So I feel like maybe they had some issues, but then, like, real ones came out, or they manifested it by, like, talking about it. But Contessa comes off on front of the camera, like she's very vulnerable to Scott. Like when she told the guy, when she left from the table, I'm sorry, I got you guys involved and she's crying, right? And yeah. Scott's always answering. Interesting that the cameras weren't there when Carrie heard what she heard. Like, we, yeah. like the way Carrie described Contessa yelling at Scott, we've never seen that from her. And then when the yeah. producer tried to get in, when Toya and Carrie went to talk to her, she wouldn't let the producers in, remember? Yeah. So I'm wondering if all of it is true, but she only wants us to see a certain side. Because you can have all those emotions, vulnerability, anger, whatever. But I wonder if she only wants us to see a certain side. I could definitely see that because I think what's most intriguing and interesting to me is that she, she seems so one way with the girls. Like, 
so like what you said, so strong. But also when she's talking about Scott, she seems so like sure of certain things and how she's even saying things. She sees, she to me seems like she's saying in a way to make sure they know like he's hurting her. But whenever it's like the two of them, especially in more public settings, she always seems to get very like almost like I don't know, like in like turtling into her body. And she wasn't like but, that. Okay, but to, no, she wasn't. But. Just playing devil's advocate, I think when you're venting to your girls, the things that, like, sometimes when you're with the person you love, that you want to say, you know what I mean? Like, you can't bring yourself to say, but to your friends, you can be very honest. Okay, So, at least for me, I felt like that's what happened. Like, with her friends, even with the cameras there, I felt like she was authentically, emotionally, that's how I took it. Like, very vulnerable. But, Siani, when her husband was actually there, she couldn't look him in the face and, like, confront the pain in the same way. And I think that's why, like, to me, when they came knocking at their door, which, honestly, I thought that scene was kind of hilarious with Claude and Heavenly. Um, But, like, but they're, like, and, like, later when the guys were like I can't believe you let them in but when they went to the back room and she's studying and you see her like they she he was like I'm about to pass out he was fine you know but she was clearly her mind spinning so she needs to refocus her energy so that all felt to me that part actually felt very legit and then when we saw her in the interview and she's like kind of her whole body's like inside giving this story and she's like that's his truth I'm not you know, answering to that. But what I do think is sort of, um, I don't know if staged is the right word, but I do feel like, like produced maybe mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Like, I feel like, and when the cameras aren't there, she's much more expressive with him than she's able to be in front of the camera. Like the camera actually is preventing her when he's there from being you know, like authentic about the Agreed. same things, and I think Married to Medicine is probably the only reality show that I've ever seen there, especially about marriages. You're getting like a lot of authenticity, yes. so it's actually one of the rare shows where I feel like all the cast members are genuinely there to like uplift and strengthen a marriage. And I believe like Jackie and Doctor Simone would not be in their marriages without these women around them. So I wish Contessa would actually like force herself to be honest with Scott in that way. Cause I actually mm-hmm. think it could be the thing that is the, you know, I, I, Jackie said something in the beginning of the reunion that she thinks they're going to like break down to build up during the yes. reunion. Yes. And I think like, that's exactly what Scott and Contessa need. But I think Them? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to make a quick stupid side note that Simone just looked like so beautiful. But what gorgeous Scott and Contessa. Them, the men. They were talking about the naked pictures. And I'm not just saying it because it's my husband, but I know for a fact my husband would be like Eugene where you block them or you even say, I'm married and block. When Curtis said maybe don't block them right away. And I feel, why are you worried about how the other person is going to feel if you block them when you have a wife? Like, I just felt like that was, why wouldn't you block them? I have a whole theory about their marriage. Okay, tell me. (laughs) Okay. So I think that the worst thing ever, the biggest struggle any marriage could have 
like is after you get married finding out that your partner and you aren't on the same page about children especially when one of them already has children i don't think dr jackie will ever has ever and could ever truly forgive him for taking that away from her especially giving her job i think curtis has always felt her like love and hatred simultaneously towards him but not enough to um change his own will to make her happy he's stubborn in this life and i think that's forever there maybe he's gonna have this like schism where he doesn't is that the right word schism yeah um um uh, where where he's always searching for uh, love to an extent because he feels the the hate from her as much as he feels the love and she always will hold back because the one thing I think right. if you want that that you're taking away from that person they will always hate you a little bit there's even no matter how right. much they love you appreciate you recognize then don't want to leave you they'll always be hate if one of the partners wants a family and you want a partnership that is really true because once they found out that she couldn't naturally he was so against the idea of a surrogate yeah. or so adoption sad. and you could tell because i was re-watching the seasons and me, you know how much me too and just, i didn't know you were too i was too <laughs> well i sorry i always start with the reunions and then i go in the seasons but i like to get back into like what how were we feeling when all the passion was <laughs> happening? no i literally was in a ball of tears like, when they when, played basketball, remember the basketball game? She uh, tried to like warm him up. And- yeah. I'm going to start crying again. And I just think like there's always a part in their marriage that will have this fracture. Yeah. And, I, and I think he made the choice. I actually put the onus on him because he made the choice that yep. this was like a stop point and there's nothing she can do if she loves him and wants to be with him to change and that. And think about... There are certain things in our mind that we can make it a point to put it up. Remember with Monique and Candace, well, even, even it wasn't just Monique and Candace, but Monique was dealing with a lot. She wasn't getting help from Chris, and then she was arguing with Candace, and she said she was putting everything on a shelf, but eventually everything would come down. Everybody doesn't always let it tumble down, and it can build up resentment, like you said. And so for Dr. Jack, it's one thing for her to put it aside and have a different job. But she's faced with babies every day. So it takes a different mental, almost manipulation, like you're manipulating yourself into thinking that it's okay. Like I wanted this so bad and I can't have it, but I'm surrounded by it. So it takes a different level of I guess the way you train your mind to be able to do that. And to me, that goes with, like you said, holding back a certain part of her. Because when you do yeah. that, you can, if, if, if your mind is, if she can have the mental capacity to compartmentalize her job delivering babies from not being able to have babies, then she can also hold back feelings intentional. You know what I mean? Like, like I hope I'm yeah. No, that's oh, exactly, God. that's exactly and I she think you said what I was trying to say much better, actually. <laughs> no, like, no, you said it. I, I just think Jackie's probably one of the 
Jackie is such a strong woman, which I feel like mm-hmm. is why she and she is just so moralistic. So I feel like every time I think that's why she and Simone in a certain way are the leaders because they I do. love Simone. I love the two of them. I'm just obsessed and like hate that their relationship is. But I, I don't think nobody, it's back. To, do you think it's back for real? No, I was gonna say it's better. I wasn't really. Did you? Like, see, they're not this, but they're this. No, because they were this. when they showed the clip for next week, I feel like Simone is yelling at Jackie, like that wasn't you, Jackie. That wasn't you. And yeah, but like when trip. they were rolling around, yeah, that that's was true. wait. The, the 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 best part of that rolling around, I watched it like four times. Was and this is what I loved about their friendship when Jackie, when Jackie got up and was putting her jacket on and was, and she was they were like Simone is strong and she was like I could hardly roll her though like and she was like, you are so shady. I thought that was that was like indicative of their friendship because throughout the trip to see Jackie walking with Contessa. And quad, I was like, I don't like this. I don't know. I just, you know. I don't like it. No, I feel the same way. Dorit, Candace, Tinsley, and Bethany. If these names get you excited about fashion, then you will love the styles that we provide on our Like to Know It and Amazon page, Stylishly. Girlie with a bit of an edge is our specialty, and you're going to love our looks and the looks that inspire our wardrobe. You can purchase everything through our Like to Know It and Amazon pages. Follow us at Like to Know It by going to liketoknow.in slash stylishly percent 20 Solomon to follow our look and shop our daily To shop our Amazon page, go to amazon.com slash shop slash stylishly Solomon spelled S-T-Y-L-I-S-H-L-Y-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. Happy shopping! Especially like... And Heavenly makes me laugh so hard. I think she's really funny. And mm-hmm. I love the scene with the seagulls and Heavenly laughing and the comparison. Like, I was laughing so hard. But I feel like it shows, to me, Jackie's pain. Because, okay, hear me out, okay? This really is connecting everything we're talking about. I think when Jackie had a better um, control, let's say, over her simmering pain, she could have real laughs and not shady laughs, but like real heartfelt laughs. And that's Simone, a sister who sees your pain, but can still bring you joy. But the longer time goes on and the more like she doesn't even get her lady visitor anymore. Remember when she and Heavenly are talking about she doesn't need the pads. It's like the lo- the like more distance that dream comes and further from reality it is. I think the more she ends up with friends that are a little bit darker, angrier and shadier and the laughs aren't that like from your heart, childish, silly, sisterly laughs. They're like a little more like Dr. Heavenly. Yeah, yeah, a little more Dr. Heavenly laughs. And I could see the way for Jackie, you know, when you look in her eyes and you see that sadness, like I could see why Heavenly type of laughs are more in line with her mood space. It's a distraction. And and Simone is going to dig in and say, why are you this? And Heavenly's not going to do that. Mm -mm, Exactly. And I also, like, I bet, I think right now, Jackie, at least it seems not like exactly what you both said, like, fair weather friends. She doesn't want somebody who's going to look at her and see into her soul. She wants somebody who's not going to ever, like, put that pressure on her to let it have, like, she doesn't want anyone who wants to go deep. I mean, she kind of said it. No one really asks about, like, 
how are you and your like ask yes. like kind of takes it past a step of like formalities yeah. and I think that's Jackie and Simone were always like that they were just inseparable and now they're like more about formalities yeah well, and oh no go ahead go ahead no 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 please no you go because now I'm like wait is my thought making sense so you go so I <laughs> oh what I was gonna say is I feel a little bit like with all the friendships whether it's Contessa um, when she came in with and and Anila coming in, like I think that what you're you're seeing is like Toya has brought in her real friends again. You know what I mean? I feel like they're through in the show. What you're really seeing is people kind of wanting the friendships that are genuine to them yes. at this moment on the camera. Like they're not even playing for the camera on this show ever. So they don't want a they, housewives friendship. Yeah, yeah. And they're not, they don't have energy for it. They don't have time for it. Like if I'm spending time with this person on camera, yeah. it's who I'm spending time with off camera. And if it's not real on camera, it's not real off camera, vice versa. Because remember, I was watching the old seasons too. Toya brought Heavenly in. They were friends six, ye six years. And didn't Heavenly turn on her like in the first? Or second? Very yes. quickly, Dina. Very quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. I, feel I like think it was I that mug of coffee, wink, wink. And I feel like Contessa did the same. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I think Contessa and That's and why I didn't like Contessa. Me too. I have oh, never me. liked Contessa. Me neither. Because I love Toya so much. Me too. And, like Eugene and Toya are always my, my favorite. favorite. Like kind of mm -hmm. tied. I love Simone too. But yes. Eugene yeah. and Toya just have like their, their children, their mm -hmm. dynamic, everything about them I just love. I could just like watch them alone all day. Mm -hmm. And all the people I've ever heard Toya, I will never forget. Like people who are no longer even on the show or people who are on the show like yeah. there is just like a little part of me where i'm like i can't get there with you because you've and heard I my feel, toya i feel bad for latoya because i feel like um, sorry not toya. for toya because i feel like they always she always brings in these new people even in the newest season and like they find a way to almost make her the enemy when i feel mm -hmm. like she's always trying to actually look after them and help them because i think for her and it I is a real thing and I feel like Toya was being real. I guess I know she was yelling a lot at Anila. And she probably did say, oh, she's silly or she's... But I feel like it wasn't like a housewife's thing. Like Toya was actually being her authentic self. And the thing is, Heavenly says those same type things. So, but back to real quick with Dr. Jackie, what you were saying with Heavenly. The stuff that Heavenly says for Dr. Jackie to not step in especially when it comes to the things she says about Toya. I'm like, any other time you want to do lemon squeezes and peacemaking. I've, have you ever seen Dr. Heavenly's after show on Not YouTube? Good. She gets, well, now I feel like I've missed out so much. You go, go back and watch Dr. Heavenly on YouTube. Recently, I almost felt like, and this is no, like, is she on something because she was so like wow but there's been times before when she was talking about Simone and Jackie may kind of laugh and be like mm -hmm -hmm. I'm not commenting I'm staying out of that and I felt like instead of being like no we're not talking about that like and then I've heard people say Simone is childish she needs to get over um Jackie being friends with someone else it's not about that Jackie's friends with someone else Simone felt like she 
when Buffy said, do you feel like Jackie, last uh, two seasons ago, did Jackie give me a real apology? None of us felt like Jackie did. She was harsh with Buffy. So for Jackie to take that as Simone not having her back, it's like, oh, no, but Jackie, you're a truth teller, right? And then I feel like Jackie purposely allowed herself to get closer and closer to Heavenly. I really do. I agree. I, feel I agree. Like and Jackie, to me, like, I, I could see it as if Jackie wants a friend who is not going to get deep with her and is going to kind of be, like, sassy, but who she can kind of lose her mind with. I get why Jackie yes. is heavenly. <clears throat> and also, she can allow their shade to, like, almost speak for her. But she can kind of be the one Thank to get you. Yeah. But first season, and I think second season that Heavenly was on, Heavenly, because I just watched the reunions, would blame Jackie for everything. Oh, Jackie, you're the one, you're the leader. You should be doing this. Oh, Jackie, you didn't stop this fight from happening. Oh, Jackie, why didn't you do this? And now, like, they're all, like, good. It doesn't make sense to me. Simone has not changed. She's the same. No, and also, Simone, I genuinely feel, like, Actually, and I think the same about Toya. I think that they might not be excellent at com like their style of communication. Yes. Might not be like the current <laughs> PC, soft-handed, like beautiful way of expressing yourself that in the way that everyone yeah. feels all like chocolate cookie that's Ooh. warm and toasty. But their hearts are the most genuine. They are I usually agree. right in their assessment, like their moral like good people and they're just like maybe you know they're they might be more like a hard crumbly cookie than a soft mushy one but they're still like a cookie so can i tell you something Please. so i was watching uh toya had a, a ig live with lisa nicole and dr simone some weeks ago and how you said that simone and toya have genuine hearts so in that live, they were talking, Cecil brought up, well, let me, there was a live before the season with Cecil, Toya, and Simone, and Cecil brought up Quad being her real self or something, and when Toya made the comment about her, about Quad's apartment, right? Then we see it play out on the show, and people are like, Toya, you didn't apologize. Toya, you didn't do any of this. Toya, you didn't do that. Well, Simone and Toya said on the, the recent live they did. After that live with Cecil and Simone and Toya, where Cecil said the thing, where Simone, uh, after the live that Toya did with Cecil and Simone, where she talked about Quad, Quad called Simone and Toya on a three-way call to talk about Mariah. But Toya said she thought it was about the live. So she was like, oh my God, you saw that live. I am so sorry, girl. I've been drinking. And Quad was like, girl, I'm not thinking about that live. I don't care about that. I know that's not what you meant. And Toya apologized again. And Quad was like, I don't care about that. I want to talk about Mariah. And so it was squashed. So when Toya during the season talked about like people are being fake and this and that, she had already squashed it with Quad. And then Quad brings it up on camera well, she kind of makes a comment at the reunion yes spoke about it that night but then andy Quad never said a word either yep yeah yeah why didn't they tell us when they spoke about it why yep. and she said she's apologized that night she said she was over and then when toya brought i mean when quad brought it up again the night that quad invited everyone over 
Toya said, I apologize again for TV. Well, and, and Toya and Quad even said it's true, said that when Quad was looking for a place, yes. Toya was helping her, like, have introduced her to the real term right. she used and, like, helped her out. And Quad was like, I can't say that's not true. It's true. <laughs> like, so, so why, why would Toya be problem? jealous? Like, Toya's not yeah. jealous of you. I don't know. I like, do think Toya tried, like, I felt, I felt like at the reunion, because they're trying to kind of make it like Toya was, I guess the bad person of the season. Right, I'm like, and she was not. Funny. No, she was not. I do God think was. like she watched. She watches a video where she starts crying, and I do think the way it looked when you're first watching is that she might have been upset by her actions, and yes. she was more upset that she let people get her to that place, but not yes. about anything yeah. she said. And so that again kind of created. Wait, yeah. I want to ask you because we didn't even ask you. What yeah. do you think of Anila? Oh, I don't like her. Oh, you didn't. Ask I go her. back and not, not you, Dean. I know what you think of Anita. Okay. <laughs> I go. I thought it was fine when she was toy when she first came in. I still thought she was doing. She seemed like. I just got the sense that oh my god, I'm like loving this. I'm on TV, right? And uh, Nor from the reality is pod. Nor and Artie, very. Uh, uh, now nah, I could be saying it wrong. I, I think they're both Southeast Asian women, and so they give their perspective from that and. They were talking about a scene and it did not hit me until they talked about it with Anila. Anila's uh, daughter's nanny, I think, says to her that your daughter cries, right? Because she wants to be okay. white. Now, I'm sure you guys know what that's like. I know what that's like be being around majority white students. You feel like that's the standard of beauty, right? So Anila gets upset and then has a conversation with her daughter about loving her hair and loving who she is as Anila is wearing blue contacts. I did not notice she was wearing blue contacts. I didn't notice she was wearing yeah. blue contacts. So she said she's telling her daughter not to aspire to the blonde haired, blue eyed, this is not just beauty, as you are almost looking like you're trying to, you know. And she said it was just so like heartbreaking because they've been in that same position so to have your mother someone who girls look up to talking to you like you are beautiful don't inspire to, and they're looking into your blue contacts is a lot and I was like wow I didn't even think about that so that was one thing with Anila but then I just felt like I get that she was arguing with Toya but one thing when Toya said I'm upset because you called everyone else but me to tell me about the argument and heavenly was like well it's because she was trying to make it right but how are you how are you trying to have the other people's opinion about it i would rather her have argued with toya and been like toya you even though toya kind of shut her down a little at the sex party and was like you're silly she should have went back and forth with toya like what do you mean i'm silly you're silly you need to explain instead of spreading it through the group because what she didn't realize that was doing was now giving the group something else to say about I agree. Oh, well, yeah. I completely agree. I think, just because you said two things, I want to break it up. First of all, I do think, and I don't, I, I, I'm obviously speaking on behalf of a person that I, I can't do, but I do feel like she has some sort of unpackaging to do maybe with a therapist, I mean, about her um, identity in that she said in the reunion, I know you said you didn't watch it, but um, that 
her mom, she hasn't let her in the house because they want to keep it clean for a while. And her mom wants to cook Indian food in the house. It was so weird. She's like, we have all white um, 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 cabinets and she wants to put Marcella in there and it's going to smell. And and I was like, this is very bizarre. First of all, like, like, I like, don't love that. For any person, like I'm glad we have shows like um, Family Karma and things like that where you have people who are really embracing it. But I really think it's uncomfortable to watch someone who is um, not showing pride in their own culture when they have well, a platform. Like even it's weird when she said, I'm um, sorry to interrupt, but because you just didn't say because what she says on the reunion is that. I don't want my mother cooking her Indian food. Yeah. That's, so sorry, yeah. that's a weird comment to that's make. Very like weird you are stuff. Indian and you're fully Indian just to say, and you probably cook Indian food and love Indian food. It just kind of gives, I think, the public at their ignorance yes. a very bad but perception. But just go on, Thank Alana, you, Dina. Yeah, see, this is a great example of why sisters are great. She's better than yes. what I was trying <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, and so I found it upsetting to watch. And I was like, obviously, just thinking like, I couldn't imagine, like, for example, like, like, being like, Oh, you know, I don't want, um, you know, someone coming my house and cooking, like my food, like, I don't know, it just felt like very like I, I, I couldn't, it was so offensive. And even though I don't know that she had I that understanding, but yeah. the blue contact story. It does, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of tie yes. in, I think there's and the weave, where she's over assimilating. The weave that she was wearing in her hair. Yes, yes. But one of the things I was talking about a lot recently, actually with my mother, it came up in a totally non-Bravo-related conversation, but was sort of the danger of over assimilation. Mm. And, you know, we were talking about, obviously in context with a lot of the Jewish hate crimes and this idea of Jewish privilege um, and people being so not understanding that like over assimilation and the danger of it and what that can also put then the outside perspective so we were talking from that but that's what it made me think of in terms of anila like here's this person who has so maybe over assimilated themselves as a survival tactic they don't yeah. see it and they don't see what they're projecting survival. when they have a platform well, and we understand scary. we understand yeah. it's a survival tactic because we've all had yeah. to do it a time or two. The public, like you said, does not. It reminds me of real quick, Bershawn in this episode, yes. this week's episode oh, of New York. New York, yeah. That I was, was like, well, no, we no. Have till, um, we, ha- we have you for another half an hour, right? Yes, yes. So okay. um, We can go another 40. I can push it and get her there <laughs> on time. I'd love if we could do um, New York and then a little bit of Beverly Hills. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but but you, yes. what you articulated was so good. Sometimes, and sometimes we that are doing it don't even realize that we're doing it. I've done it and then looked back or even done it in that moment and walked away like, why did you not say something? Why did you make them think that it was okay? But they knew it wasn't okay. You know what I mean? So you saying that, I was talking to a friend before we, before we recorded this and I was having the conversation with her and I said, people say they want real conversations now, ever since the racial uprising and everything with George Floyd. No, people want real conversations that fit their narrative. Real conversations are actually real conversations. Like real quick, we were talking about the 
Free Britney, and I'm going to use it with Free Britney and with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. People keep saying two things can be true with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes, Sutton did what she did to Crystal, but it's also true that Crystal is coming off X, Y, and Z. When it comes to race stuff, why, do, why does two things have to be true? No one is saying with Britney, two things can be true. Her conservativeship now seems like abuse under her father. Oh, but looking at her medical records, medical records, what if there is something? Everyone's just strictly, it should be this, it should be that. No one's looking, no one sees another side in that situation. But when it comes yeah. to race, people see another side. No one will see another side with LGBTQ issues. But when it comes to race, everyone always says two things can be true. The fact to me as a black woman, being a, having been a crystal and working with Sutton's, sorry, I just jumped to Beverly Hills, but it just no, angers no. me. No, no, it's with, I'm glad I with, with what Sutton <laughs> did. With, and I was telling somebody, go back and watch the, from the very beginning, Kyle brought Crystal into a conversation that Crystal didn't ask to be in. How many times have we been brought into a conversation for our perspective that we didn't ask to be in? And then you have this white woman say, not only just try to change the subject, she said, no, we are not talking about this, centered herself and Kyle never said, wait a minute, Sutton, I brought Crystal into this conversation. But when Crystal talked about, talked about her eating disorder, something that's more palatable to viewers than race, and Sutton was getting ready to cut Crystal off, then, then Chris, Kyle says, no, Sutton, I want to hear what she's saying. Why didn't you do that about the race conversation that you brought her into? So if it's palatable to America or their viewers, then we can not dismiss it so i want to tell you a story that i feel like is something i'm always thinking of when i'm watching these episodes and um, when i was in university i was once sitting with so myself then my husband who's from saudi arabia and a guy from pakistan an american guy was there as well he was arguing with us about middle eastern politics about the dynamics between like like Pakistan and Israel, the dynamic between Saudi and Israel about Jewish Muslim dynamics. But when we were telling him his information was wrong, he was literally like, I read this, I read that. He was trying to bring up receipts of things he read by other white people, by the way, and other American people about their assessment of a situation from an outsider's perspective. And he was doing this thing, which is my absolute pet peeve, where he was shaking his head uh, uh. as we're talking. Like, no matter what we said, he'd already, like, he knows the truth. He is the thing. And I feel like that's what I see, not just across Bravo, but across kind of happening everywhere, yes. where their discomfort is so great because their knowledge is centered around something so, um, their like peripheral vision is cut mm -hmm. off. You know, it's so tunneled that all they see is that their um, people are trying to knock into those walls that yes. they've built up. And so they shut down. So when it's something that they haven't learned to build up walls about, like the uncomfortable, awkward discussions of eating disorders, for example, it's uncomfortable, it's illy, and it's very uh, heartbreaking. But we haven't, like, they're not, as a society, taught, like, this is the, the like, 
this is the truth. This is the tunnel you're in. This is what you're, right. you have to say. And now everyone's like, no, what you've been taught, what you've been saying, you have to break down those walls. And it's so uncomfortable. They're just crashing into walls. And I just see yes. it all the time. And when I was looking at this conversation and others, I will like kind of see that moment. I don't know why that moment always sat with me, but I was just watching him shake his head at the three of us. And I'm like, well, who are you to be even part of this conversation? You should say, thank you for letting us sit you in on this conversation. Right. Said, like you're telling us what we know as if you know more. And I think and your information is based off a white perspective. Yeah. yeah. No, it's all, and it's uh, like, I feel like we're seeing it in New York. We're seeing it in, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. But I think we've seen a little bit of it in, in the other, in Dallas, you know, in any of the yeah. um, seasons we're watching, it's happening. And it's so upsetting. But it's also something I feel like not just in the platform of this TV world. I feel like the day-to-day of yes. what is being experienced, that holds true. I, I felt like when, when I watched that episode of Beverly Hills and people's reactions, I was really shocked because to hear, to watch this white woman do this, Kyle not have her back, and the next morning, same white woman goes to get the voice you shut down and says, starts out by saying, I didn't like, like, it was mean when you asked me, was I that girl? Well, clearly she was right because in the confessional, you said exactly that. And it's not wrong that you thought, um, we shouldn't see color because that's what you were taught. Your wrongness came in when you weren't even willing to listen. To, you know, because you could have been, you could have learned something. That's You could have yeah, grown. You could have grown. Then she proceeds to, to call Crystal out for saying, for saying that to her. Then gives Crystal her story about being in an elevator and someone mistaking her. She still never apologized to Crystal for what she did. And Crystal was very understanding with her. Then they go out that evening and she has whatever she had then she says to show i'm a good girlfriend i'm going to take her her coat when you walk and someone said to me well kathy walked into sutton's room when sutton was naked number one there they had a relationship number two sutton was behind the door if we, if we see but if you watch sutton walk up to crystal's door and knock she then steps in you could tell the moment she sees her because she makes a noise. She goes something like, oh, well, here, I just came to bring you your coat and continued in and said, whatever you're doing. So not only did you not wait for her to say, come in, you saw her naked when you first opened and didn't back up. You kept going in. Why? Because you're used to doing whatever it is you want to do and saying whatever. And people don't understand how white privilege would tie into something as simple. Can you imagine? There's so many different things that I see these white women do on shows that I wouldn't do and have a right to do them because we know how we'd be. I, I know how I would be looked at. She goes in the room and then they go out on a boat. And once again, what happens? Sutton puts herself in crystal space. I want to talk to you and proceeds to tell her again, I didn't like when you did blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you why I'm upset. Proceeds to roll her face with a face roller. That was and so crystal weird. was very much like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell you, I probably would have been the same. You've just now twice done something to me. You walked into my room and what you did to me 
our, our, our relationship started off with you doing something to me that was a part of my, like, had something to do with my race. And, and you comparing your experience of someone asking you if you are racist to me being treated differently because I'm a different race. That's how our relationship started. So now I'm on this boat and I don't want to hear anything from you. And notice Erica said to her, I'm sorry you've had to deal with that. Did Erica say that in front of everyone and say, hey, Sutton, you're really putting Crystal in a position. So that's now the second time no one has stuck up for Crystal. So then when Crystal says your, your energy is manic, now the viewer's conversation has shifted to, oh my God, she's mental health shaming. Oh my God. And it's like, that's not what she was doing. Because me, I saw the episode and told my mom about the episode and my mom without knowing, said exactly what Crystal said. When I saw the episode, I felt exactly how Crystal felt. And I looked up what the word manic meant and said, by definition, that's the energy she got from her. So now the conversation shifts from the racial thing to the fact that Crystal called her manic. Because you want to be able to dismiss that conversation, you do that. And then let's go a step further. For the fourth time, Crystal just, I mean, Sutton just can't leave Crystal alone and comes to her room and says, I want to be friends. I'm a hugger and physically touches this woman. So now you're in her space again. Why couldn't you just leave her alone? So people aren't getting that this is a buildup and now it's become, well, Sutton is just awkward. I had somebody tell me they think Sutton is well-meaning. She's just awkward around these conversations. So what does that do for the person on the receiving end? I feel like if we took Crystal and Sutton outside of Beverly Hills, and you know how videos get leaked of people in offices or you seeing, or like uh, cops in their footage gets leaked of them being racist to someone. Imagine Crystal and Sutton in an office environment and one of the office workers leaked that footage and you see Sutton doing exactly what she did to Crystal. The world, the loud allies would be in an uproar because they want the world to see them as allies. They wouldn't even be considering what Crystal said to Sutton. As a matter of fact, they'd say, you're right, Crystal, because we can't believe Sutton did that to you. But in this housewives world, and I'm seeing a lot of biases. I'm seeing people loved Erica's $40,000 a month um, glam. They loved Kyle and her $10,000 Rolex getting brought to the dinner table a few seasons ago, her $23,000 Chanel. Sutton in this episode bought a $300,000 car and said she loved throwing $30,000 parties. Crystal puts a bag on the table to mess with Kyle. And now it's ridiculous. And now it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's so weird. That yeah. bag is beautiful. Anyone would buy it. First of all, I love that bag. Anyone, Anyone would buy it. Beautiful bags. People are crazy. Like, yeah. One of the things, and I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to get so, and you should, but I get so no, amped about this because I'm sick of people. I love your passion. Yeah, yeah. I love your passion. <laughs> I also think I think you're saying beautifully put. And yeah, I'm not. I I was I didn't want to interrupt because I agree with everything you're saying, and there was nothing good to add when you're saying it perfectly. But I will say that I think that you know. I just, uh, Dina and I have talked about this a lot where we're in uncomfortable situations and we kind of awkwardly laugh off the person who yes. has said something super offensive or anything because you, you kind of have this mental like decision to make. Like, do I stop and make this more awkward and uncomfortable? And especially if it's a friend and like, yes. you know, like 
you know, let them know they've just kind of offended me or do I just keep it moving because, you know, I, I don't want to like have my whole day ruined by this right. awkward moment. And I feel like when you're on the housewife um, or any platform, I'm just for the context mm-hmm. of this conversation, you know, all of a sudden that conversation in your head, I mean, becomes yes. so much more glary because, you know, it's like if I don't say something, like I am co-signing something much bigger. Yes. And so I think it's so much then more important that Crystal has not just using her voice, and I'm using Crystal to represent anyone mm. who is in that thing, but to use her voice, but also then like everyone around who starts all of a sudden judging, like mm. when else is there an opportunity like this where it's not scripted, it's not, yep. um, you know, cut, like, and actually it's being highlighted. Like you have to like have that conversation in your head and Crystal actually is like everyone layered, but partly also what was playing into this, which she was very awesome to talk about was her eating disorder. She wasn't just saying I'm violated because of one incident. She also openly shared in front of everyone this thing about herself. So that heavily contributed also when someone's also made you feel vulnerable to then take, on your space knowing this other thing about you or ignoring this other thing they've learned about you it's so like horrifying and then on top of it to then pick on the exact things they did it also with um oh my god why can't i think of her name dallas why can't i think of her name tiffany Tiffany. okay i was about to say dorothy because i'm thinking of um Oh, Dorothy um, Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> like, yes. I know it's not Dorothy, and why am I thinking of Dorothy right now? But no, with Tiffany, they did the same thing when she showed off her closet, and Stephanie made that obnoxious yes. comment, like, oh, I can't believe she did that. It was like, first of all, you're jealous of her amazing closet. Second of all, like, you did that. There's videos of you doing that. Like, yes. there is some weird, also, like, sub thing happening where yeah. there is the very blatant, like issues that are being more addressed, but then the like micro issues that are being yes. sort of um, happening also with the people who watch the show and the people who comment yes. and also just like the general kind of like, I don't know, like when you have watched what happens live and the questions coming in, it's sort of like this in itself is a conversation. That yes. Should Even with, with other like podcasters, I'm hearing the need to justify Crystal. And I keep hearing, we've all said two things can be true, but to me, when it comes to race, why is it that two things could be true? If somebody was the victim of sexual assault, you would never say two things can be true. She was the victim, but also this person donated a million dollars to a cause. Let's say if that, you would never say that. If it was LGBTQ plus and it was, they're never gonna, people don't say two things can be true. Chick-fil-A is wrong for the way they spoke about LGBTQ, but they donated this money. Like there's never a two, two things can be true. But when it comes to race, it seems like it's like when race is the issue around other issues, it's never. And that's what gets me. It's why, why does there have to be another side? Crystal reacted based on how she was treated and that she's still watching the show hasn't been apologized to for. And you guys are now two things can be truing it or saying two things can be the same or saying there's another side of it. 
there was a woman that came on. I love her to death. Um, Raven from um, her account is mainly Bravo. Um, and and she has a podcast. It's bitch better. She's amazing. She told this story and she said, you know, she has was white friends and she lives. Uh, um, I believe she had said like in like a apartment, like sometimes if she goes in her apartment complex and there's more white or her home complex, there's more white people. So she may get like the looks, the microaggressions. She's gotten microaggressions and all that. She shared it with her friends that are white. And it's just like, hmm, almost as if, no, oh, and no, that's not what they meant. No, I don't believe that's what they meant. Then she said she was out one night with friends and a guy was like getting really loud and she didn't realize it, but they called, the guy called her the N word. She was the only black one. She didn't hear it. All of a sudden her friend, that's why it was like, I can't believe this. We're going after him. And Raven's like, what, what, what's going on? And the lady's like, he called her friend. He called you the N word. And then a cop comes and the white woman is yelling at the cop. Like they, he called my friend the N word and the cops like calm down. And now Raven's like, okay, calm down because in this situation, if somebody gets in trouble, it's going to be me because I'm black. So the woman thought that the cop was being dismissive of it. And she's like, you know, we need to get him. But the cop, the, the, um, the person had gone. So Raven said that she talked to them after that and said, that same energy that you had when you saw someone disrespect me because of my race is the same energy you should have when I'm telling you this is what's happened and not trying to explain away what this person could be thinking. And I'm finding that in the housewives. If Sutton had a called Crystal a racial slur, it would be different. But because it's easier for them to excuse what Sutton did away, everybody wants to say there's two sides to it and judge Crystal's reaction. And just like Dorit, Dorit was the only one that said every single interaction that Crystal had has been negative because of Sutton. And it is all centered on her race. And I don't so, get what people don't get. I feel, and okay, this is, I'm not going to say everyone will agree with me. And I'm not, I, this is just how I feel. But Dina and I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, I definitely think it came up in our last podcast, but Jewish representation on Bravo is very skewed. And it's also oftentimes Jews that are very, um, you know, assimilated and, you know, uh, excusing away their, their mm -hmm. like, oh, but I'm not that kind. They're more, yes. you know, they're, they're definitely not religiously Jewish. They're ethnically Jewish, but they're the same people who, you know, I remember I, I, I used to work with someone who actually got in a fight with me when I told her that, Judaism is an ethnicity and she's Jewish by the way and she was arguing with me till she called her mother and her mother was like of course it is and like like so there are so many people that are so over assimilated they have no idea what they are themselves and I like oh. you know I, I you know it's just like I feel like sometimes some of the things that are happening with Dorit this season are upsetting to me like I have to say this whole conversation about her being long-winded feels to me like to, like honestly microaggression towards a culture because we are a very talkative cerebral culture that's why we have so many writers so many people like in kind of no but you do a commentators I mean mm -hmm. even a lot of the Bravo podcasters are Jewish like we are a very chatty culture we really mm -hmm. work our thoughts out out loud it's part of no it's why you have a lot of people in our culture who go into education because we are people who i think talk through our thoughts um out loud 
Mandy and says that from is this real yeah. life? Sorry, she's Jewish and she says that that Jewish or Jewish people are chatting. She said if you put somebody said put twelve rabbis in a room and ask like a question and it'll keep going on. So I get well, that. And there's also like this joke in Judaism, like if you want to silence a Jewish person, hold their hands back because we talk with our hands. We're, we're very chatty. Like we are people who are very emotive. And I think it's a cultural thing, like to use your words, to think things out. Like one of the reasons I think um, a lot of people in, in, in our culture are go in the education system for a long time is because even in our religion, a huge part of it is questioning why we do everything. Like it's actually part of our religion. So I think this whole long winded conversation and Kyle being someone who converted to Judaism, I think Mm. is very telling that she's actually part of that conversation because she's coming like, well, like from a perspective where I don't think she realizes how offensive this is. And I feel one of the reasons that Dirit is seeing things differently than other people is because she is from a perspective that is totally different. She's like, I know I've met Dorit. I don't mean like, I know like um, personally, but Dorit's mm-hmm. sister who is just like the sweetest, chattiest, nicest person. I met her mom. Same thing. Like they are not people who are, you know, different than me or Dina or someone who mm-hmm. is a good communicator. I think strong communication is part of our culture. And so I think everyone sitting around this table who are not Jewish, I don't necessarily know that other people are flagging it. But to me, mm. I took it really offensively. And when I saw Dorit really seeing Crystal, I was like, of course she is, because she's always coming from a place where people are attacking her and dismissing her and then telling her she's overreacting. And I find mm-hmm. it a really obnoxious conversation. I was watching something the other day. It might have been Watch What Happens Live or something. But they're like, is Dorit long-winded or not? And I was like, how is this a conversation that's so rude? Ilana, do you know what I love? All things housewives? I do. But I also love art and silk. Well, then you're going to love to say the scarves because silk specialists in Italy layer original artwork on silken canvases via the latest digital printing technology, allowing for an array of art mediums and colors to be expressed. They're the most beautiful scarves on the market. Well, now we all must shop to Seda. And you can! Go to shoptoseda.com, that's shoptoseda, D-E-S-E-D-A, and enter our promo code SOLOMAN20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Happy shopping! It, it, and especially when, now that you say that, Dorit is also the only one that gave consideration to Denise. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah! I thought you were about to say Crystal, yes! Like there is like, you know, being someone who is always a, a little different, a little outside and, and you know what I mean? And, and constantly we, we see it differently. This, yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like you're much more aware of who's being attacked. You're hyper aware of, of small, like passive attacks and the yes. kind of more, you know, like what you were saying in the story that Raven said, which I think was so powerful, but it's like, even when someone's retelling a story, it's like, there's a distance. Yes. But, you know, so you're aware of even the things that come from a distance or things that are right up front. Yeah, that is such a good thank you for that, because I would never have known that. And when I go back to, again, the important conversations, stuff like like I would have never known that Mandy always says that about like Jewish people are chatty with this. So um, the fact that you said that and when I'm thinking back to watching Dorit talk, you can see it playing out in her mind as she's saying it. So that's also why 
might be why she's long-winded, as opposed to Kyle, who may spit it out, but then always has to go back and clear up things. Yeah. And, you know, I do think, like, I'm very protective of the rates because I feel like there's not actually a lot of people that, like, I can see you know characteristics yeah, yeah. that I have with you know and with her I really do see it so I'm not saying that I'm not also skewed by this like um you know my own subjectivity mm -hmm. but I feel because I've had this conversation with quite a few other people and everyone always was kind of like when I've said that kind of seen like what I mean and specifically about how Jews express themselves and I really do I think it's like a lot of times some of the people who are being the most nasty uh, about this actually are people who are very assimilated Jewish people and you know there's this conversation always about self-hate in the Jewish community and I think that's where you know it comes from when you don't even know your own culture where these qualities come from yep. there's a danger in opening the door for other people to bring hate to you well what did you think um what did you think of the conversation in um like that were happening in New York because I know we have 10 minutes so I, I want to that's it Oh my gosh, that's it. Um, okay, I, we can go 10 more minutes than that. <laughs> I'm like, the Dunkin' Donuts is literally right down the street, so I can I can make it. You know, you know. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. My son and my daughter work, but my son has the car, and my daughter can also drive my car now that she has a license. What kid doesn't want to drive when their parent is like, take my car? Oh, that's true. She doesn't want, you know. But um, the conversation's in New York. I am glad that they're happening I think a lot of them are authentic. I do hope that every single conversation that we have about race comes through authentically. I feel like sometimes it could seem like the conversations are coming from nowhere. Like, wait, how did we get here? And I don't know if that's because I'm a, I'm a black person that's used to having to censor sometimes, you know, as a, as a minority, but also I feel like I like to take the opportunities when it's relevant to what we're talking about because I think it's understood more. Like what you said about Jews, Mandy has said that to me before. However, when you put it in context with what we just saw, I'm never gonna forget it in that context. So I feel like with Ebony, I'm liking these conversations. I just hope that they, remain authentic like i had my feelings about what happened at ramona's house i was gonna ask you about that because a part of me was like i felt like boundaries should have been respected when ramona said i don't want to talk about it because to me me and my mom had a conversation and she said when you already know that a person feels a certain way and that way is not you going in that door doesn't lead to a conversation it leads to you being frustrated, angry, irritated. Don't push it, right? So to me, I felt like Ramona, even though like or dislike her, she's allowed to have boundaries too. So I felt like don't push the boundary. Then I also felt like, but what you're not going to do then, Ramona, is come back and say, guess what I learned about your culture? Give me an ally cookie because I want you to sit and listen to what I learned about Black people. Well, no, we don't get to do that either. So I expressed those um, thoughts to some people. And Kendrick from the Me, You, Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast, he is amazing. 
he said, I would normally feel that way, but he feels like some housewives that come on are the karma for other housewives. Like case in point, he said, Ashley had, was a terror to people. Then Candace came on and is the only one that can really hold words with Ashley. So that's Ashley's karma. So he was saying, Ebony is Ramona's karma. And then he said, go back to season. God, I hope I'm quoting you right, Kendrick. Either five or six, when Ramona was more than happy to talk about the election because her candidate oh, was winning. winning. Yeah. So now it's okay to talk about politics. So when he brought up that point, I was like, okay. Because he came with the fact I could see that that makes sense to me. So now I'm kind of in the middle where I felt like there should be a boundary, but also this is a show. And if in fact, and it is true that Ramona used to be okay talking about politics. Why are you not now okay talking about politics? Mm. So how did you guys, what'd you guys think? Well, I think well, that, oh, oh, you wanna? No, no, Dina, I, oh. I, I just. Sorry. I was gonna say, I, I completely see what you, like both of what you're saying. I do think, and again, this is just from my <coughs> perspectives. Sorry. I have found like when people have these certain like ideologies about like Judaism and even what like a Jew is, like I kind of adapt how I'm gonna, like not that I'm always thinking of how I'm gonna teach somebody, but I'll adapt how I'm gonna go into <laughs> that like friendship or how I'm gonna even approach that person by kind of reading their cues. Like I think even one of the reasons I studied psychology was to kind of learn about how do people react? What, how are they thinking? What is their perspective? So that I'm also approaching them on their terms. But even I wrote in my notes, but in a certain way, that's really unfair to ask Ebony because she's saying yeah. in her, when she was talking to Leah, she's saying she does feel this is her role that she has to take. So if that's then how she feels and that's how she's approaching it, we can't also then tell her, like she right. also have to somehow be able then to create these moments You're that right. she's also making them feel comfortable because that's not, that's not for her to have to do. So yes. I kind of have a back and forth. I do see what you mean. Like when you're saying like Ramona was saying, like it was clear. So maybe in like, I feel like a real situation, not that that isn't real. Right. But there but was no cameras. I don't know if Ebony would have continued the right. conversation, but I also think Ebony might've left. Cause I don't think right. Ebony would have put herself in a situation with somebody who doesn't even have that mind frame. That's true. Want to sit down and have like an intellectual conversation. But I also think that shows Ramona might not be the one to have, <laughs> like not like in a mean way, but maybe right. that's just not where Ramona's mind can even open up to because Ebony is so brilliant. Yes. And I think she's could talk to pretty much anyone and right. have a beautiful dialogue if they're willing. Yeah. Well, I didn't love... <clears throat> sorry. I didn't love the conversation when Leah was kind of <laughs> at the dinner. I'm sorry. I'm and Jewish too. No, Am no, I? No. You see me waving <laughs> my hand. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I was... Cause, just because we went right to Ramona, but that conversation was really problematic to me too. Thank you. And, it, and partly it made me think of some things that had happened in, in my own life. And I remember like, okay, this is such a weird 
story and bear with, I, I don't want to sound like Rena trying to make a connection that's not there, but you know, <laughs> wait, I, I actually, there was a girl I was in a class with who was like the zaniest, weirdest girl in university. And she shared with everyone with pride, by the way, that she used to date a neo-Nazi. She was a Lebanese American girl. And I was like, I'm going to be friends with her. I'm going to make her hate herself for this. I, she's going to be my best friend that she's going to like love me because she had already been like very like, um, like friendly with me and okay. I think because she thought I was you know um you know like we liked the way each other dressed and things like that okay. you know so it was like a very superficial she knew nothing of me you know and I literally took her out to lunch my treat in between classes on purpose because I wanted her to be my friend and I wanted that? yeah and so like I I just I, I don't know I feel like there is a certain time where it's not that you're being preachy, but you want to also give someone like a perspective through friendship yes. that makes them question how they've responded and the things that maybe they're feeling like they're, you know, this young woman that I'm thinking of, you know, she almost felt like cool, like this, yes. that she had done this thing. Like it was like, you know, as opposed to really like checking herself and thinking like, there's a reason that the world is very, you know, that's not okay. But did it happen? Did it happen with her? Well, they the were first, best friends, we were friends for, for years. years. And, like, and did she change her perception? Oh, yeah. She would come and visit us, talk with my she daughter. She stayed with my family. Yeah. Was she loved Judaism. She told a lot. She was the first Jew she met who, like, like, even with me, it would happen a lot where people would come to me and be like, oh, my God. You know, I've never met a Jew. I've always heard, like, you do this, this, and this. You're so different. Wow. And, like, I try to be, because I know most people, I like to think that they're not evil. So that even if me they're too. saying stuff to me that are a bit, either that could be maybe anti-Semitic or, like, a bit racist for, like, who I am, um, I try to always come at them thinking that, okay, they're ignorant. They just don't know. And I'm not going to be upset with them for not knowing. But then, you know, you have to kind of go through that and you have to decide, do you want that to be? Like, right. do you want to kind of... Yeah. But one I, thing I found interesting with Leah is that she kept almost making it like Ebony and her were a we. And it's and Leah, that the girls were uh, uh, like... But then, and I was like, aren't you, aren't you all kind of a we? Yes. Like, no, but she was saying it and then also being like, hold back. Like, you don't know when, your power. You can yeah. be intimidated. That was coded language to me. Yes, to me too. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I have had, okay, I don't know if issue is as strong a word as I want to use, but I've had a little some feeling uh, about the way I feel like Ebony has really on the interviews post-production kind of been going for to bat for Leah, who I've I think had has been too. so problematic this yep. season. And that scene, you know, that I kept justifying to myself a little bit and being like, you know, first of all, we don't know what's happening off camera. And second of all, from her perspective, from the way things have happened, maybe it played out differently because it wasn't so direct mm -hmm. that when we're watching on camera, it's very direct. It's very isolated. It's very, you know, um, honed in on but then in that scene when there could not have been more clarity in the problem I was very like wait okay I want it I, I I don't I don't love now that I'm hearing so much of you trying to justify this woman who I don't 
I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very not into it. When in the beginning, when they were, the first episode, when they were going to Sonia's house and um, Ebony said, I don't know if they've ever met people like me. And Leah sets it up by saying, you mean black people? That's not what Ebony meant. I didn't but, know. But she kept throwing, at, throwing that out there and throughout, she was putting little seeds of it and then even going as far to, to try to agree with when Sonia basically said Ramona only puts black people on, only put Ebony on like for show, which to me, I didn't look at Ramona as the issue. Then I'm looking at you as the issue, Sonia, because you've been her friend for over 20 years. So if you feel like your friend feels like this, it's been okay until it's now in your face. That's a problem. But Ebony saying, I've never been on Ramona's Instagram. Well, that's a lie. I scrolled back through. You had when you first came on the show as well. But for Leah to be setting these little points up, and then now here we are. And after the dinner that must have made you uncomfortable, Leah, because you couldn't contribute to the conversation, you couldn't show how woke you thought you were. Now, all of a sudden, Ebony needs to take a step back because she's intimidating and just make friends with them. How interesting. It's so, it was so weird. It was, it was so weird, her reaction. Her reactions at the dinner. Also, Ramona saying all of a sudden she doesn't feel well and, like, scurrying away. The whole thing, I thought. I mean, Ebony looked like a vision, though. Yeah. She, and I, I, feel I like, really love her, her interview look, too. Me, too. Well, her outfits have been, gorgeous. like, yeah. I'm dying. As, like, yeah. um, a stylist, I love who. I, I oh, yeah, that's. You, yeah. Oh, my God, everything. But I feel like that dinner right there was the perfect time to talk about that because they knew it was a night in Harlem. And Crystal, she didn't go as far, but Crystal made dumplings part of her culture. And I've read an interview that Crystal did, and she said she likes to talk about race through the parties that she does, bringing like she, she does a, a, a Chinese New Year that we're going to see. So that's almost like what Ebony was doing. It wasn't, she yeah. it was through this party. We've sat through how many parties across these franchises based around either someone's ethnicity or someone's race or someone's uh, religious belief. And that's just what Ebony was doing. So I felt it was so disrespectful. And when Lou said, this isn't the Harlem I'm used to. Oh, you mean the dancing and the singing? Well, Harlem and black people are comprised of more than just dancing and singing, Lou. And also, by the way, the whole interview thing where they kept going on about, like, not being fed and all this stuff, I felt like that was so obnoxious. Because, yes. first of all, they were fed the most fantastic, beautiful meal. And I've watched Housewives nonstop. And I can tell you, they're, they're never, like, rushing towards the food. Like, when did the food all of a sudden become so important? You know what I mean? Like, it felt like a very strange thing. Like, they just didn't want to have the conversation have any direction. Yep. They wanted it to be petty. And I felt like Ebony is, like, doing this even in a fun way. She's complimenting you. Right. She's, is, I thought it was so thoughtful, so clever, and so oh, heartfelt. I love what she did with the kids. And I was like, I loved it. I thought it was so so brilliant so, like mm -hmm. it was clever but there was a cuteness to it and there was a lightness to it and it wasn't heavy and then they were trying to kind of gaslight it and to act like it was so heavy she didn't feed us like that's right. not what happened at all and i really didn't appreciate then leah coming in with this whole like 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 you're you're 
you're being a professor and then later Ramona kind of saying, I don't want to be taught and all these stuff. I was like, you guys are recreating this whole yes, narrative like that is saying, not what's happening yeah it felt like like um leah was sitting there because i was watching her in the scene and i felt like she was looking like at all the other direct. women and being like they are not handling this like they don't like this they yes do not take this and i felt like i was it was almost like projecting onto everyone yes yes i feel like when you have that such a um, what's it called like you're so narrow-minded as well yes. You're not going to see all the openings. Because yeah. I think actually what Ebony did was fun. It looked like the night was going to be beautiful. Yeah. And then it just like, when Leah came, I just felt her energy. And I was like, no, we don't need you. You're and she's one to say pull back when you, in her confessionals. She said she wanted Ramona to loosen up. So you do that by throwing out words that you know make her uncomfortable. And then, and then being sex positive, but talking about another woman's sex life that's not positive. Like, but, like, oh, uh, like, I never, I have to say, I told you so to the world because I was never into Leah and I felt really embarrassed because yes, I love you. And because everyone was being so into her that I felt almost ashamed. Like I was missing. Me something. too. And then I was like, my second episode of my podcast ever is called Vander McSweeney. And it's about Stassi, Kristen and Leah. <laughs> I have to. Uh, I, I have to go back I and listen. To that. I, I have love to the title. Back. Yeah. Right, but yes, I'm not into her. I want and like I don't like her fake Judaism. Like right away she's talking yes, about how the do you first feel episode about that? and she's converting. And I hear you are eating octopus. Like I didn't love that Israeli. Like I don't know if he was the bartender, mixologist, or also the chef, but I did love seeing an Israeli serve up. Um, you know, octopus. But I also did not love this person who's supposedly converting Orthodox. Is eating octopus. I was like, this is what I'm always talking about. How you have these wow. fake people who say they're Jewish, and then on top of it, like, you know, the whole time she's, I don't, oh, she's just so problematic to me. me. I That's hate these people who, who act like they have perspective on something because they've read stuff. It, it reminds me of the person I was telling you about in London, yes. sitting at the table. Like, I know better. I know better. I've read things. I've talked to yes. like two people. Like I know everything, and I'm and gonna tell those you people the just like who's me, experienced it. Right. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you who's actually experienced it what it actually, what's the right approach, what you should be saying, what you should be doing, and I'm gonna also judge everyone else who doesn't do it the way I just said. Like, yes, did you guys watch watch what happens live last night with Sonia and her. No, I did not. It was just so weird, and I forgot what comment they were talking about something. But at one point, she is like, Leah's like, I'm Christian and I'm almost a Jew, so I'm like double the religions. And I was like, you just don't get anything right now. Are you serious? Like, I was like, you just like she was making some point, and they were talking about something where Sonia was saying like. Like, oh, I think Sonia was referring to Ramona with politics or something. And somehow it got with, like, religion or something. I watched it last night. But I just remember, like, thinking of Leah and I was like, because I don't think Leah could be the way the show is editing. But they have not made her Jewish journey feel yes. real or feel authentic or feel like I can connect to it in mm -hmm. any way. But you I being Jewish... Yeah, and and like I want to see Leah because I've never liked her like as somebody who like maybe I could like like wear like with the Ebony or even with the yes. thing. But everything I feel like I'm watching somebody almost like Hannah and Summer House. Like I'm watching yes. somebody play a role, and I don't want to mm -hmm. like I don't need to watch a fake. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. 
Me neither. Oh my God, that is, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think what's the expression? She drinks the she drink the Kool Aid. Is that the yes? Yeah, yeah. the like I feel yeah. like she drank the Kool Aid last year, and she just felt like everything that she did was right, and she is doing maybe even all the same things because I couldn't stand her last season for a lot of these reasons. But it feels like even more, and I hate this yeah. part of her personality where she thinks she can teach other people. And tell other people how to teach other. Like I don't like this energy. Yeah. I don't like. You know, Dina said it last year on the podcast a few times. She mentioned that um, Leah kept being like, "Oh, I'm. It's my job to come back and teach these ladies." Blah blah. Yes. Blah. Like, please. Like, how about that's you not become your job. friends with them and then it's like you are such a hypocrite. Like, yeah. girl, you're so woke. That, I mean, you're literally the white woman that threw a bottle of water at a police officer, hit him in the face. He used undue force. And then you sued and won $75,000. You didn't end up dead. So let's yes. be clear. Like, that is you like don't it. know. Yes. At 100%. Yeah. Like, A million girl, you're the percent. same one that wrote for Meghan McCain's husband's magazine or whatever. Like, are you the Federalist? Are you kidding? And then you're Dina, also proud to talk about being arrested and you're proud to kind of use these as things like almost like I feel like it almost feels like she feels like it gives her cred or like it. Hits yeah, like street off. cred. Yeah. Like, like, no. Yeah. Like, no. You just see. But also, ignorant. Dina, didn't she write those problematic texts to Michael, Michael Che? Michael Che. Oh, yeah. yeah. I read them. He, like, Absolutely. Just picking on him. It's, you, it's like, like are, we, are we pretending yeah. that didn't happen? And you know what he said? He called her in the text and it was all because he didn't want to meet her yeah. in person. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically you seem like the type to throw words out there to see what happens. And I don't want to meet the real life version. Then she did an hour long podcast about him and then text him the podcast episode. So and then people said, I mean, I don't think it was cool that Michael Che released the text. Are you kidding me? He lied in the podcast. Yeah. She lied. She said that, like, he was doing this, like, he kept making, like, comments about food and making it sexual. She was. She did not tell the truth. I don't even get why she felt like that. Even when she wrote to him and she's like, so you can see how badly you treated me. Yeah, it's like, like what? know each other. You were talking for, like, a second. Yeah, and in yeah. one of those cases, are people going to be like, oh, two things can be true or both things can be the same? Uh, Leah lied, but Michael shouldn't have released a text. No, nobody's saying that. No, no. Like that was his response and to her lying about him. Oh. Yeah, which, by the way, the is worst. like, uh, yeah, like I, I, uh, I just, I really feel like concerned that there are there's people out there who genuinely think she's a good example. I think that's right. my biggest anxiety with her. And, like, that is not what you want to, in my opinion. Like, that is a great example of what not to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. you guys, I think that's a lovely way to end it. Let's just right. never be like, yeah. <laughs> This literally <laughs> ended perfectly. Like, this literally, like, you guys got through everything so perfect. Well, we just love having you on, I swear. I if we could have you on, like, every day we put Thank you. And guys, you will hear them on my podcast next because I'm going to send you guys potential dates to come up. I will look a little better than this. Oh, you're beautiful. No, you look gorgeous. If you don't look any better, I'm going to shake. That's how I look. <laughs> I think we all 
Oh my god, I love you. I think we should coordinate so we have matching nails. Yes, yes. I'll give you guys one week so you can go get the nails. I think I'm done next week. Yeah, well, like you ended the week next week because I just got my nails two days ago, so I'll have to wait. Okay, let me see. My my two weeks is not this Friday, but next Friday. Yeah, mine will be so we'll chat next Sunday. Right, right. That's good because we're both around the same, right? Yeah, because I just got mine done the Friday that just okay. So yeah, that's good. I love that we're all kind of synced up. Yes, but um, please let everyone know where they can stalk and follow you and just be you know in love with you like we are. First of all, I have to thank these two beautiful sisters, Dana and Ilana. I like saying her name like that um, for welcoming me onto your platform and for allowing me just to like verbally unleash i i appreciate that and i love hearing you guys' thoughts too uh your opinions even if there were times that we ever didn't agree we always still gave each other something to think about like oh yeah you know what you're right so i love having these thoughtful in-depth conversations i learned something else about judaism today and like how to watch like watching different scenes so i just appreciate you guys for all of that um Thank you. you honestly, to- thank you for being so <laughs> open with that. No, I honestly, I love listening to you on your podcast, but I also love getting these like one-on-ones that we yeah. get with you because you are so, your perspective is so interesting. You like always speak in a way that opens my mind as well. And I always yeah. enjoy because I feel yeah. like I, I, I like almost backhanded learn something like it's unintentional. But right, it's right. But it's like, oh, I'm going to keep that in my mind. Yes. Um, I feel the same about you ladies. And you, um, for anyone who wants to find me, I'm on Instagram at W-E-I-G-O podcast. That stands for what else is going on podcast. You can find the podcast. What else is going on anywhere? Podcast can be found. And I'm on Twitter at T-S-F-A-I-S-O-N. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.